In the world of business, profit is everything. Those that are not profitable are condemned from memory. And the most important business of all is watching anime. I came up with a really funny intro for this episode, and now I don't remember. Was it the actual intro? No. (laughs) I remember it now. You know, it would be a really funny joke. What? If I remembered the intro? intro? Yeah. Uh, What's poppin', Jimbo? (laughs) You interrupted me. John, that is... No. (laughs) What's poppin', Jimbo? If your name isn't Jimbo, it is now. Uh, You're welcome or sorry, depending on how you feel about that. Uh, I'm sorry. Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back to... (laughs) Welcome back to the weekly anime performance review. uh, The show where we... Uh, review the performance of Anime Weekly. Uh, we are your three high-powered anime business executives. I am John, your CEO of Weebs. I'm Chris, your CEO of CEO of Weebs. And I'm Angie, your CEO of a manga-based workout. I say manga, it's manga. Yeah, you whore. Wait. Wait a minute. <laughs> You're the CEO of me? Yes. Yes? <laughs> what does that mean? We are still pretty early into... Uh, our spring quarter and unfortunately we've had to rearrange our slate of employees a bit due to the ongoing uh, situation in the world so but operate ranmon and digimon are out uh sing yesterday for me and tower of god are in uh unless we have anything else to say i think we can get right into it for this week uh first up on our list is uh kage-sama love is war in episode three, Miyuki is excited over the harvest moon and invites the student council to moon viewing on the roof. He gets carried away and embarrasses himself in front of Kaguya again. The student council's term is up, and they pack their stuff up from the room. Kaguya tries to bring herself to call Miyuki by his name, but is unable to. She's also said that they will no longer see each other without the student council. Miyuki reveals to her shock that he intends to run again for student council president, and the election cycle begins. Oh. <clears throat> He's only running again because Kaguya asked him to. Yeah. Yeah. He just filled out the uh, paperwork as a joke. He filled out the paperwork because he's Miyuki and he'd fill out anything you put in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, he does resolve to run again, uh, which is kind of leading to what seems to be more kind of multi-chapter storytelling, which I think could be interesting. Yeah, going forward, it becomes more... There's like... a. F- several chapters long arc and then a couple chapters of like new status quo and then new arc and so on and so forth. Okay. So that's, that's interesting, yeah. but I assume that the chapters are still fairly self-contained, right? Even despite that. All right. I think it's fine that they connect a bit more because ultimately this is supposed to be a romance and there should be progress, you know, it wouldn't be fun if, you know, it's like a kid's show where you can watch them in any order and it doesn't change anything. Yeah. Well, I say like a kid's show. The best kid's shows don't do that, but let's face it, that's... <sighs> that's or a more, different debate. More like a sitcom than a kid's show. Yeah, yeah. We, we got introduced to one of the new characters at the very end, 
Yeah. Uh, she was looking at the student council election poster. So I guess she'll be Miyuki's rival for uh, president, probably. Yeet. Just I to hazard know. a guess. I don't know, Mr. Manga Reader. <laughs> if we ever review Stone Ocean on this show, you're done. When Kaguya was thinking of like her next semester, who she wants everyone to be, instead of Chika being the <laughs> she, secretary, she, it was um, Kashiwagi. Yeah. <laughs> and and Chika was like in the background of all the shots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't replace Ishigami though. He's irreplaceable. Yes. I think they just don't want to do what he does. Well, I think also at this point Kaguya's sees him more as like a younger brother than just some random guy. But Chika was her only friend for like her whole life. I know. Yeah. But also, like, she's there's been that joke every time where, like, Chica's not her friend anymore. Oh, Chica's her friend, you know, yeah. like, whenever she does something embarrassing ish towards yeah. Miyuki. Like, Kaguya kind of sees her as a rival for his affection. Mm-hmm. Like in this episode where she kept calling uh, Miyuki by his first name and she got all flustered about it. Yeah. She's like, I'm not some sort of floozy who would do that. And then she immediately <laughs> does. I saw that coming a mile away, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this show continues to have some of the best character writing in uh, modern anime, I think. Yeah. We also They also brought also, up the myth of Kaguya Hime. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the first segment was really good. We haven't talked about it yet. Yeah. Uh, but I enjoyed that, too, that Miyuki was such a dork that he didn't even realize he was being embarrassing, like, at the end of last season. <laughs> yeah. He just loved the stars so much. Yeah. Well, the moon, really. Yeah. But yeah. The moon. <laughs> it did bug me that he said, we're going stargazing. There's a full moon. It's great for stargazing. But he meant moon viewing. <laughs> and that also might have been a it might have translation. Been a translation. It's probably a mistranslation. Yeah. They, and they did end up looking at the stars. Yeah. They did, yeah. He pointed out at a bunch of constellations and stuff. Kaguya pretended to be interested. But she couldn't pay attention to anything but him. How precious. Uh, I vote to retain. I, I also vote to retain. Yeah, retain. Shocker. Was that, a, was that a hesitant retain, Andrew? No. That's just a, I'm tired. <laughs> I think we all just know that Kagi is going to make it all the way to the end already. Yeah, it's just a formality. At this I point. don't know. I don't know. Well, ultimately, it's the second season of a show, and you don't go into the second season if you don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Although the second season could screw things up. That's true. That's true. Mm. Have you ever seen Code Geass? No. Okay. <laughs> I I no. said that I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why would I watch a show that's not good? I mean, the first season's excellent. Uh, anyway, uh, next up on our list is Tower of God, because I said so. Uh, in episode one, and we're going to do the first two episodes of these shows that we subbed in this week rather than uh, try and catch all the way up on them. Yeah. Yep. So next we'll, week we'll be we'll caught, be up caught up with them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so next up is Tower of God. In episode one, uh, Bam is a boy whose friend Rachel goes to climb the tower to see the stars. He inadvertently follows her and meets head on, uh, applied directly to the forehead, the keeper of the tower. 
He also meets Princess Yuri and her buddy Evan. With the help of the magic sword Black March, Bam is able to pass head-on's test and ascend to the second floor, where he is caught up in a death battle of the would-be tower climbers. Uh, in the second episode, uh, Bam meets Kuhn, uh, who helps him get out of the jam he was in with Rack, the big crocodile man. Kuhn believes that the tower's climbers should try to find ways around the rules imposed on them, and he and Bam cement their alliance. The next test is for the 200 survivors to find two new allies among their fellows. Kuhn and Bam forcefully ally themselves with Rack to pass the test. The next test is to pass through a magic water barrier, which Bam mysteriously does not struggle with at all. On the other side, he talks to Lero, who tells him cool tower facts, TM. Uh, this show is off to a very strong start, I think. Yeah. I'll say it's worth uh, mentioning that when yeah, he ascends to the second floor, he takes the sword that the yeah. princess lent to him. Yeah. So yeah. Like, that's like a subplot is that they're trying to get the sword back. <laughs> yeah, she starts climbing the tower too, just to try and get her sword back. <laughs> yeah, but I think she's using like back roots, so to speak. Like yeah. She's not climbing it. Yeah, because her dad works at Nintendo. Yeah. Well, I think Pretty she much. also might have gotten higher in the tower. I, on yeah, her I own. think she might have already climbed it to 100. Yeah. Um, so she's using a navigator, is what they call him, to. Yeah, Evan. We'll probably get more into that like midway through the season or so. Yeah. When they catch yeah, up. Yeah, probably. And I'm also not entirely sure that they're going up floors at this point. I think they're on the second floor. They're on three because they said test three. I think they're still on two but right now. I think. I don't remember if they actually said this in the first two episodes or if it was in the third, because I've I've seen the, fir- the third episode of this one since okay. I didn't realize we'd be watching it. But I, well, I think they say that these are tests to get into the tower. Okay. So it's he's okay. in like the basement right now or something. Yeah. And I could be wrong. But, then there's also some kind of implication that he and Rachel are the only two people that are not from this world or not that don't live inside the tower as it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, it was kind of a bit sketchy because it kind of just threw us in, oh, he's trying to get inside the tower right now. Um, so I'm not 100% sure if like they're from another world or if they were outside the tower and got in somehow. But they seem... They also talked about being... What was the, like the rule followers and the non-rule followers? What were they called? Irregulars and regulars. Yeah, they didn't seem like irregulars, which are people who try and skip past the tower or break the rules. But I don't know. It was, it was a bit weird. I hope they explain it more. I thought it was interesting, though. Uh, I liked some of the character interactions. They're trying to pass through the water, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like the guy but, in the tracksuit and the kung fu lady trying to get through. Yeah. Yeah. And at first, they were like angry at each other, but then they got through and hugged, and they're like, "Yeah, it's we did it." But they're not even on the same team. Yeah. And the guy in the tracksuit and his teammates. The teammates just hate him. They just barely recognize him. They just ditch him. I was like, I did like Rack a lot. Yeah. Rack was a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't know why he calls them turtles, but I don't know. I don't mind it. Yeah. Also, since we did start in the tower, we didn't see any of this world. So we don't know if that's just there's a bunch of people that look like him because he's like a dragon dude or what? Well, there's also a lizard girl, so I yeah. think animal people are just a thing around here. Also, head-on is a weird, head-on is a weird mouth rabbit. 
<laughs> yes, but also he's like a tower guardian, so it could be that he's like a magical something or other. Oh, but anyway, let's talk about some stuff besides just the plot. Yeah. Uh, I really like the way the show looks. It's uh, kind of got a bit of a rougher style. It's a lot, yeah. It's like not nearly as like clean as a lot of shows, but I think it helps it be a lot more fluid and dynamic uh, mm-hmm. in terms of how it looks. Uh, like I feel like they're more comfortable going off model than some some other shows that we watch, uh, which I enjoy. Yeah. So it, it's just it's drawn a little rougher, so it can move nicer, and I like that. Yeah, I like how it seems like everyone has a unique fighting style, mm-hmm. and how like like Coon just has a bag that he uses to fight, and he just has a lot of shit. It's in got there. a knife in there. Yeah, yeah, but he just pulls something out and uses it. Yeah, and the bag didn't go through the barrier as well. Like, oh yeah, that's probably something. We'll get to that. I'm sure. I did like I like the sniper rifle guy. The one that completely. Destroyed the Laro completely owned by Laro the cucumber. I really liked the sequence in at the start where or at the start of the battle royale where like it showed a bunch of people like about to own like own someone and be like, haha, I'm so good and then get owned by someone else. Mm-hmm. That's every battle royale scenario. Yeah, well, since there's yeah. 400 people and it wasn't that big, like it was very much um I think the movie is Ghost Ship, where people just keep killing each other and then getting killed. Sure. And that's pulling on a movie that I haven't seen. Um, but it's very much that. We're like, oh, I got you. Oh, no, I'm getting got. Oh, no, you're, you're getting gotten out. Like a very... Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, it was entertaining. Uh, I definitely am really interested to see this was, where this one's going from here and see if it can ascend our corporate ladder like it ascends the tower. I vote to retain. I shall also retain this one. Yeah, I'm going to retain. Right now it's doing interesting stuff. Um, yeah. But it's got to keep staying interesting and keep throwing stuff in here. I think last night, uh, Andrew mentioned that they, in the show, they call, they don't call Bam, Bam, they call him something yes. else. They don't call uh, her Rachel. It's like Rael or... Rahel, I think. Rahel, yeah. And, and I think what, at least with Bam, what happened is... 25th BAM in Korean means 25th night. And so mm. they translated uh, BAM to the Japanese word for night, which I don't know off the top of my okay. head. Okay. And so I think they just changed all the names to the Japanese version if they were a specific yeah. word. Well, like, I think Rachel, I don't know if they have a ch sound. Yeah. So, like, that, I don't They do. Okay, well, maybe they just don't want to call her that. Um, well, her name could be different in Japanese. It could yeah. be. Yeah. And they're just going off the original names. They could be trying yeah. to do, like, Raphael or something. I don't know. Or it could just be a stylistic choice. That is something that if you watch this, they don't call him Bam. They call him whatever. We'll just call him Bam. Something else. Yeah. We're going to call him Bam because it reminds me of the Flintstones, and that makes me laugh. Next up on our list is Kakshigoto. Uh, in episode three, the manga studio gets a new assistant, and Hime worries about being poor. Uh, Kakshi makes a lot of plans for the sports festival and accidentally flirts with a lot of women. Uh, and then in episode four, Kakshi is worried that his name brings bad luck and tries to get it changed, much to the chagrin of his bosses. Uh, Hime needs to do a drawing assignment for school and wants Kakshi's help, but Kakshi is worried about the potential for his secret to come out. Uh... <clears throat> These are two really solid episodes, I felt like. Uh, they kind of had some of the same running gags that went through both of them. 
uh, particularly that uh, Kakshi keeps accidentally flirting with uh, the various women he meets. Yeah. Uh, especially when he had the white tux on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for, for episode three in my notes, I have It's the Harem episode. Yeah, because he got the flower shop lady, the art teacher. Wait, no, her teacher. Um, and the that art teacher. girl that wants to be an idol. And the art. Well, she's the art teacher. Yeah. And one and other the, person. The cooking teacher. Oh, the cooking teacher, yeah. The cooking teacher, that's right. And I'm sure uh, this is just going to be a running joke throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially with uh, Hime's teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, this show has uh, kind of struck a different balance than I expected it to. Like, I expected it to be a lot more goofy, uh, but I do not mind that it's not. It's much yeah. more uh, sincere than I kind of anticipated uh, initially. And this was my pick. But I don't mind, because I like what it's doing as well. And yeah. I, I like shows like that as well. Yeah, well, it's weird, because like, you say it's not goofy, but it is 100% goofy. Oh, no, it, it definitely like... gets goofy, but... I was thinking it would be more like that all the time. Yeah. But it's much more balanced than I expected it to be. Yeah. Like, I thought this was almost be like a gag series. I think they talked about, I'm not sure why it was, but they talked about, oh, we should replace all these with computers and stuff. <laughs> um, and then there are two guys who are crying because all they did was erase stuff and, like, carry stuff around. Oh, yeah. And they're like, but computers are going to get rid of our jobs. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed that, and the guy who's running gag is that he breaks his arm. <laughs> Rip that guy. Also, wasn't she eight in like at the beginning? Because now she's ten. I think there's time skips. No, I do. I'm just confirming that. Yeah, and I think we might have also just like speculated she was eight. That's her. Yeah, I don't think we. I don't think that was ever confirmed. Because we know she's ten right now in episode yeah. four. I think. Yeah. I mean, do we have confirmation that she's still in the same class and has the same teacher? Oh, that's fair. Yeah. I'd assume she does. Oh, yeah, she still does, because she's... Because uh, he invites her to the zoo to basically prove that he's not right. helping Hina cheat on her homework. Yeah, and I love how he invites her to the zoo. Not Hina, Hime. <laughs> he invites Hime's teacher to the zoo, and she thinks it's a date, but he wants her to do it to watch and make sure that she's actually drawing it. But then some of her other students come along and they're like, oh, what are you doing here? And she's like, are you on a date? And she's like, yes, but he's far away. And like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, he's dead. <laughs> we'll behave in class from now on. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really great. I should tell my students that I have a dead wife next year. I shouldn't do that. No, you should make it yourself look really sad and when they ask, just say, oh, your wife's dead. I will say, I think the show's only going to be one season. It's kind of what it feels I mean. Like. Yeah, it's it's got a it's kind of got a framing narrative that kind of is leading yeah. toward a pretty conclusive end. Yeah, which is fine. Like, it's totally fine. I just no, absolutely, it's absolutely fine. Sometimes you just want to tell a really good story in thirteen mm -hmm. episodes. Yeah. Yep. Also, we found out this episode that uh, when they moved to wherever they were now, uh, Kakushi had a their house basically rebuilt exactly the way it was. Mm -hmm. Right, and, so, and she is going to visit their original house. Yeah. Right. And so I think the boxes that she found weren't made by their by her dad. I think they were made by her mom and they just he just didn't bring them to the new house. So I feel like I feel like that was the implication there. Yeah, it's a little hard to tell, but I don't mind that. Yeah. And last episode we thought the boxes just had festival outfits in them, but 
it's it's all kinds of stuff that uh, Hime's mom thought she would want at the, at those ages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she says some of them are a bit like outdated, like the jokes and stuff on them. Mm-hmm. But she said that mm-hmm. that's fine because then it truly feels like her mother's giving them to her. You know. Well, I don't know if she realizes that they're from her mother. Does she? I think she said. No, she says that she says. That well, that might be her. That's her present day voice. That's true. That. So at her age, she might not, but... Yeah, because I feel like in last week's episodes, like, Kakushi kind of pointed out that she seems to be avoiding thinking about whether or not she has a mother. Yeah, but I think... I mean, in present-day ones, she's 18 or so, I think. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so she she knows. Like, she knows they're from her mother. It's hard to say. I don't think as a kid, I don't think she knew. I vote to retain. Uh, I'm very happy I picked this one. I vote to retain as well. And I really like the ED for this one. I'm going to retain. And yeah, I think this is sounds a lot like a John ED. Yeah. I feel like John likes it. Yeah, the ED sounds like a song from the 60s almost. and It sounds like 60s pop in a way. Reminds me of the Beatles. It does. But that's just because that's the only 60s yeah. pop that we know of. Yeah. I know more than that, but yeah, but you're also to Genesis. That's they, they didn't even <sighs> their last album. Their first album came out in 1969, and it's not even yeah, pop. 60s. John, is this the Genesis performance review or the anime performance review? We could do a Genesis podcast instead if you guys wanted to. God no. We could let's do a Genesis role play <laughs> podcast. I call being Tony Banks. <laughs> I call being, um, can I be God? He's in I that joke. I want to be Noah. <laughs> so we got Tony Banks, God, and Noah. <laughs> well, we're not, well, we're not going to make that podcast. So if you're an aspiring podcaster, but don't know what to make your show about, there you go. Yes. Don't. That's not a good idea. Um, it's just it's just Noah. It's just Noah and Tony Banks hanging out on the ark, and Tony Banks passes the time by playing sick keyboard riffs. <laughs> Next up on our list is <laughs> listeners. Uh, in episode three, the three evil players from last episode are interrupted by another heroic player who calls them the three witch sisters and implies they fought in the past. Our two heroes awake aboard the Tremolo airship, captained by Billin, the player that rescued them. Meanwhile, Echo meets the famous engineer Kevin. And the two of them bond over repairing the equipment. The two heroes have a spar. Uh, two teams have a spar, and Mew and Echo settle on the name Top Boost for their ultimate attack. Our heroes resolve to go meet the other players to discover the secret of Jimmy Stonefree's power. And then in episode four, uh, Mew and Echo visit Freak Scene Academy, where students are huffing something called Teen Spirit as a drug. The school principal tasks them with finding the source of the Teen Spirit. Mew meets Hole, the student council president. And Echo meets Nier, a socially awkward fellow student. Echo and Nier bond over their admiration for Jimmy Stonefree, and he lets Nier try out the equipment, only for this to turn out to be a big mistake. Turns out Hole is behind everything and manipulating Nier. You and Echo decide that their next stop on their journey is to visit a former friend of Jimmy. Jim. You and Echo decide that their next stop on their journey is to visit a former friend of Jimmy's, who is definitely not Prince. Just definitely not Prince. Definitely not. I will let it be said. That um, Echo does not let Nier 
use the equipment. He shows it to her, and she takes it and uses it when he's not looking. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. That's a, I want to say, make that distinction. Um, but yeah. Yeah, but I apologize. Uh, I, I didn't like, I wasn't super hot on the third episode. Uh, it felt more like the second, because it was just a lot of, a big dump of stuff. Mm-hmm. And stuff that didn't really feel like we didn't know it already. <laughs> at that, uh, three felt like almost like filler. I mean, it was kind they of. All felt like it was three was giving them their mission, like three was a setup. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked episode four a lot. I'll say this show feels very much like the episodes are self-contained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, their mission is to figure out more about Jimmy Stonefree, but. They're going to go to different places, I think, and meet different people, and they're going to be like one mission or one episode stories. Yeah. Which I'm not sure it's how. It's a I bit like early that. Trigon. It's like Trigon in general, actually. I'll say, I also loved the math club. Yeah. That um, said, why are we use Teen Spirit? We can get high on mathematical formulas whenever we want. <laughs> and they were that, just was that dancing. you when you were in the French club, Andrew? I mean, Sure. That was me when I was in the Latin club. Uh, I, mean, I, I, like I loved the fourth episode. Time. I felt like uh, it introduced a lot of stuff that uh, was interesting, but they introduced it in a way that wasn't boring. Like, a lot of this exposition in the show has been pretty dry, but I thought that episode four was really good at introducing concepts in a way that was kind of organic to what was going on. Uh, and it gave us some more specific kind of just, these are the players, this is what happens. And then... We're, and I'm really excited for next episode because I'm excited to meet this Prince character. Uh, I, I like the two characters that were introduced in episode four a lot. Something to mention is that there is a different ED every episode, which is awesome. Yeah, we did confirm that. It's different every time. And so, so that means that the visuals are usually a little lacking because a lot of it's just kind of reusing footage from the episode. Yeah. But it's a different song each time, which fits pretty well with the theme of the show. Yeah. I'm still confused, though, on the whole music thing. Yeah. Like, are they making music when they're robots, or...? I don't think so. I think that it's mostly metaphorical, the stuff about music. But then why does music not exist? Yeah. Yeah. Also, why does the Prince guy look like Prince, but Jimmy Stonefree doesn't look like Jimi Hendrix? Because he's, he's not Jimi Hendrix, he's Jimmy Stonefree. Right? Right, but the, the Prince guy is called something else, but he looks like Prince. I see. We're told also that Jimmy Stonefree, there was a mission um, that Bill and Kevin were heading up to wipe out the Earless Forever about 10 years ago. Yeah. And Jimmy Stonefree ruined that. Yeah, and Jimmy screwed it all up. Or something. On purpose. And I think that there's a, kind of an implication that he was like king of the Earless at one point or something. Yeah. Like that's why the Witch Sisters went after him, because she's his successor or something. We're still figuring that part yeah. out. I think she's either his daughter or her clone or his clone. Yeah. Something like that. Either is possible. Uh, but anyway, I think the show, I like it a lot. It's still really slick looking and episode four was a huge improvement on the last two. It felt a lot more like episode one, which is like, I still think a very strong first episode. And I'm enjoying kind of noticing the musical references when I can spot them. Are we voting? Or... I'm ready to vote. Uh, and I'm still going to retain. I like this one. I think the only thing that I really enjoy about this show is the OP. 
And that's something that I can just like look up on YouTube or Spotify if I really want to enjoy it. But like everything else just feels kind of bland. Like I don't I'm not really interested in finding out who Jimmy Stonefree is because everything I can think of that he would be just doesn't seem interesting. And anything, if it's something I don't think it would be, I feel like it would just feel like they're subverting it for the sake of subverting it. Did so you it sounds like you're firing. You're doing? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm firing it. Yeah, I'm going to have to fire as well. Because to me, like, I love a bit about the absurdity of it, of how they went from this floating fo fortress from an abandoned music park, and now they're at a school and they're going to, like, some sort of Vegas thing. I love that. Like, oh, random places, sure, but the action's not that good. And yeah. yeah, I just don't care too much about the characters. Yeah, like the math club was about the only thing I enjoyed in these two episodes. Some I got a fire. <laughs> I think I said that, but yeah. All right. So that is two fires for listeners. Uh it's kind of on the chopping block right now, depending on how we vote on everything else. Next up is our other uh, kind of tag-in employee. Sing Yesterday for me. In episode one, uh, Riquo is an aimless college student who works in a convenience store. His life starts to pick up speed after he meets Haru, a strange girl with a pet crow. Around the same time, Shinako, a friend of Riquo's from college who Miko still has a crush on, comes back into his life. He tries to confess his feelings in an attempt to break out of his funk, but is rejected. Riko takes a photo of Haru for his co-worker's album cover. Uh, in episode two, Shinako encounters Ro, a childhood friend of hers who now attends the school she works at. This puts her in a melancholic mood and she encounters Riko again. Ro tells her that Riko, Ro tells Riko that Shinako once loved his older brother who died young. Haru resolves to declare war on Shinako for Riko's affection. And Shinako and Riko decide that they are incapable of being friends due to the baggage of their relationship. It's weird because I'm not sure exactly what this show's about but i don't know if i care like it's just a really easy show to just watch and i don't know it's it's a bit in a weird space for me of like i don't know if i could have i can't tell you what happened but i can tell you oh yeah it was fun yeah weird this almost feels like a shakespeare comedy <laughs> and how all these characters kind of relate to one another Obviously yeah. a little darker than a Shakespeare comedy, but... <laughs> More like a uh, Shakespeare tragedy. Well, no. Guys, I don't think this is going to be a tragedy either. It's almost... Uh, but this is... In soap opera territory? Not quite, but of like a... It's in a weird space for me. I don't know what to classify it as. It's And it's interesting because... Um, like, this is pretty clearly a love triangle setup. Or a love quadrangle setup when you get, when you get Roe involved. Yeah. Uh, but no matter how it shakes out with the four of them, I think I'll be satisfied with it because I like them all as characters. Yeah. Uh, the the big question mark right now is Haru. Really, uh, we know yeah. a fair bit about the other three already. Yeah. Uh, we don't quite know what her deal is yet. And uh, kind of similarly to Tower of God, actually, uh, this one is a little also a little bit rougher drawn. Uh, which, again, allows for some really exquisite character animation, I thought. 
uh, <laughs> and it's usually like little things that kind of give it some realism. Like when, uh, like when Shinako and Haru are eating like ice cream in the park, and <laughs> there's a lot of little animation on <laughs> Haru in that little bit that kind of stood out to me. So it's it's yeah. just doing a lot of stuff like that to kind of humanize them uh, and bring you more into its fiction, uh, which I really enjoyed. I also really like Haru and just kind of the energy she brings to the scenes she's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he's minor, but I like uh, Rikuo's co-worker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I like, I think Haru, she's a high school dropout, I think. Yeah. Because she worked at a bar or something. Um, but she... I think, I think she works at a bar. Like, she didn't drop out because she works at a bar. Right, she worked at a bar and so she got expelled or something. No, I think she got a she dropped out of high school and then went to work at a bar. But and didn't didn't she say she got suspended for working someplace she yeah, wasn't supposed to be working? That's what I thought. Maybe. I she know. got like a suspended or expelled and so she just dropped out then. Yeah. But I think she still has that very much immaturity about her of a high schooler. Yeah. But she's college mm. age or so. And so I think it's interesting seeing her because No, she dropped out of school this year. Yeah, but like they've graduated now, so she's college age. Like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. So I think ultimately the thing is that she's has the maturity of a child at times, but in her world she's an adult. Like she has to work. You know, she wouldn't be working mm-hmm. if she didn't have to. So it's it's a weird balance for her that I think they're going to explore a bit, hopefully, and get into. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I want to know what she sees in Rico. I think that'll be interesting. Yeah, because they they kind of hinted at what she was, but or in what happened with them, but they really didn't explain it. No. Like just kind of that they met a couple years earlier. And she remembers it, and he doesn't really. Yeah. I think he did once she mentioned something about it, because he said that's right or something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. This show's really good. <laughs> Yeah, Chris, you rolled amazing, really amazingly well on that die. Uh, I, yeah, I think you might have fudged that. No, I didn't. I think you fudged that roll, but I'm okay with it. I didn't. I don't think he did because I think he would have been fine with having um, the other one because then we could just fire it. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. One that was done. It's done. Yeah, that definitely would have gotten fired like this week if it was on the list, and I don't even watch it. I don't know. Gleepnir's a wild ride. Yeah, Ape Sun probably would have gotten fired, but Gleipnir, I don't know. I could say Andrew. I retain. Speaking of Sing Yesterday, I retain this show. Um, stretch, but uh, sure, I'll retain it. I will also retain. No, your joke. Okay. <laughs> that that was a stretch. I thought I thought Andrew was saying he was re- it was stretching to retain it. I was like, really? He didn't say anything bad about it. I will say that I want this show to make me want to watch it. Like, right now, I enjoy watching it, but I'm not like, oh, I gotta watch it. Um, but that's more of a nitpicky thing that, like, I'm still enjoying it, so, you know. Yeah. I think it's the probably the show on this list that I'm most excited about seeing the next episode. Yeah. So I think this might have been the first one I watched, so, you know. <laughs> that's a bit of a while. Next up on our list is Tamayomi. In episode three... Tama, Yomi, and the Tama homies are getting underway with practice when Yomi manages to corral two more players into checking out the club. 
Omura and Nozomi are our newcomers. Nozomi is a power hitter, and Omura has no experience but shows promise. Tama is doubtful about the team's commitment to nationals, but Yomi reassures her. The team's first practice game is on in one week. In episode four, Tama, Yomi, and the Tama homies square off against another upstart team with an ace pitcher for their first practice game. The game goes well at first until Yomi gets in her own head a bit. Tama and the homies just remind her that baseball is supposed to be fun. Uh, despite the Tama homies' best efforts, the team is unable to squeak out a win after their opponents switch in their real star pitcher. God damn it, uh, John. I, ca- I came up with that, like, right after we recorded last episode, and I've been carrying it on my back for a week. I think it should be mentioned that it's not that the new girl's a power hitter. She's good at hitting it. The other girl, like, yeah. hit a home run on her first try. But she can barely but she hit. can barely hit. So it's she's yeah. not a power when hitter. When she does she's hit, she's, she's consistent. It's Yes. It's, it's all that That's kendo. not a power hitter. Power hitters hit, like, home runs every time and stuff. Not every time, but you know. Well, I mean, Nozomi's a little concerned that once Shirakaki gets better, she won't have a place on the team anymore. Right. I mean, there's, only, there's only like nine players. They yeah, really I know. Not I mean, they I can't know. actually replace her, but she's worried about having her limelight stolen is what I think she means. Yeah. yeah. And what I wonder is, they played this game on like a netted practice field. Uh, so I wonder, once they're not doing practice games and when they go to the actual season, will they still be in fields with nets or will they be in like state ballparks so they can actually knock it out, knock it into the stands and get a home run? Well, no, hitting the net is a home run. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, that's, okay. how, that's how baseball works. That's why in like actual stadiums, if there's like a wall, they'll have like a yellow line on the wall. Mm-hmm. And if it goes above the wall, then it, or if it goes above the yellow line, and it hits the wall there, then they count it as a home run. Yeah, but that's why, like, okay. when the other team hit a home run, she just stood there and couldn't do anything about it and didn't scramble to catch it or anything. Yeah, right. I think if it bounces off a wall, it's fair. It's not. Uh, it no, depends. Like yeah, because to keep, I think it's different stadiums have different yeah. wall heights and stuff. Which is like dumb. A, there should be a regulation height for the walls. Anyway, that's, that's why the they point, have the yellow John. line. That's, That's what we're have, saying. Yeah. No, some ballparks are different in, in, in America, at least. Yeah. And so they have that they have a line that if you hit it above that line, it's a home run. And that line is at the same height as is, every other stadium. I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm not going to look it up right now. So uh, anyway, <clears throat> uh, I still like this show. I know you guys were uh, kind of doubtful of it last week. Uh, you know, it's it's a Moe anime for sure. Uh, and I think that at this point, I've basically cemented my role on this podcast as the resident Moe defender. Uh, <clears throat> I think this one was good. I I like that it kind of got into the mental game, especially in the fourth episode. Because uh, so much of just doing competitive activities in general is the mental game. Uh, so I thought that was neat. I didn't really feel like they got enough into the mental game. Well, they could get more into it for sure, but it's a start. Because I feel like it was basically fast-forwarding through the game. And... I don't know. Like it, There weren't really any moments that felt tense. Like, they have to hit this or they're going to lose. Or they need to get this person out so they don't... And they, they did that at the, end of the, at the end of the game. But, like, it wasn't... It didn't really feel like 
there was a lot of tension there. I mean, it is a practice game. So not only is it but a practice there... game, but they Yomi has mentioned, like, I just want to play as a team and have fun. And but... sure, we should win if we're going to play, but there, I think the point of this is saying that you don't have to compete and go really hard because that's what happened to the team last year is that they just want to have fun as a group and get do as good as they can. But like that's also not I don't think that's a f- interesting thing to watch is a show where people play a competitive sport but they don't really care about winning. They're just kind of there. I mean they do. Their goal is to get to nationals. It's not that they don't care about winning. It's that they're going to have fun whether they win or lose. That's what they're trying to show, I think. Yeah. Uh and I think that it probably suffered a bit that they tried to fit a whole game into one episode. Yeah. I hope that in the future they will split them across to, uh, especially towards the end, once we get into the kind of the uh, bigger games of the season. I'll say I did really enjoy, I enjoyed the game part of it and them having fun and stuff and um, trying to decide what to do. But I will agree. I think I wish there was a bit more mental game part of this. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a rudimentary start, but I think it could be a sign of good things to come. I still also, like this show. I will mention this did set it set it up for a rematch later on in the season. Yeah, uh, that will and that will be a really cool thing yeah. if if and when it happens. Pretty much the only thing I liked about this show was John calling them the Tomahomies. I'm gonna fire. I'm gonna retain because I'm very proud of that name. I'm going to retain because I'm looking forward to, hopefully, the next game. If it's another practice episode, I, we'll see. But I want it to be games from now on. Yeah, me too. All right. Next up on our list is Wave Listen to Me. In episode three, uh, Mina Ray gets fired from her gig at the Curry Place and decides to try working at the radio station. She finds out her show will be broadcast at 3.30 a.m., and befriends Mizuho, the assistant director, and also moves in with her. Uh, in episode four, Minare gets suckered back into working at the curry place after the chef and her replacement worker get hit by a car. Uh, the <laughs> sister of the person who hit them comes to work at the restaurant and takes to it quickly, eventually being invited to stay at Nakamura's place. Meanwhile, Minare's radio career is set to begin. Uh, this show turned out to a lot, be a lot more of just like a character story than I intended it to be uh, than I expected it to be rather because uh, it's really just about Mina Ray and her life more than it is specifically about her doing a radio show well yeah. I think it's go- next episode it's going to start next episode the radio show is going to start and so we're going to get more into that stuff yeah because hopefully so they said the first show is going to be her it's going to be a, like a murder report from the viewpoint of the murderer i think like it's they're gonna it's gonna be a creative show is the idea it's always wacky concepts yeah and they're gonna have no introduction they're just gonna go for it and see what happens yeah right did they ever say who what sponsor they found for it i think he he said we're not gonna it's not gonna be sponsored this time we're just gonna do it and so what i think it's going to be is they're going to hope that from doing this, they get a sponsor from it. I think they did get sponsored, but I think they're not mentioning the sponsor yet. 
What's the over under on the Curry place sponsoring them? Probably not. <laughs> it could happen. Eh. Not for how much she needs. I'll say this had a really good quote. I like the quote from Minare when, um, who's her coworker? Is it back? What is it? The what, curry the, chef guy. A curry shop guy. Yeah. Well, she, she says to him, "This is gonna be the last time we meet." However, if I'm really broke. I'll appear before you again. And I thought that was a fun <laughs> quote. Oh yeah, uh, Minare is the driving force of this. Everything orbits oh, around yeah. her, and she certainly has a big enough gravity well to do that. Uh, she's a fantastic character. Oh, yeah. Uh, an early frontrunner for a character of the season, I think. Yeah. And I enjoy One of the, the most relatable anime characters I've ever seen. Oh, 100%. And how she thought, yeah. oh, she's really put together when she's drunk, but really she just stumbles into someone else's door every time, and he just carries her up to her bed and puts her to sleep and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good job. Awful nice of him. Yeah. You'd think yeah. he'd leave a note or something. I get why he didn't, because it's like, it's not worth it. I get it. why he didn't. I think he's going to be a character, because he's in the OP and ED and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, new boyfriend, maybe. I could see it. Maybe. I feel like there's going to be like three or four different love interests for her. Because there's also that blonde guy. Mm-hmm. Nakamura? Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, the thing is that she doesn't, he's professes love to her and whatever, but she doesn't want to be with him. But she's also mm. felt jealous when he was getting close to the sister of the guy he ran over, her boss. Yeah. I need to remember her name. Um, so she's in a weird position where, like, she doesn't want to like him, but she kind of does. Oh, I did notice that the... Uh... In the group shot at the end of the OP, uh, the curry shop owner is grabbing the butt of the guy next to him. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> I think that's the new worker. Like the yeah, it could be like the, the guy he hired to replace Minare. The one thing I don't like is that in the anime, oftentimes they make gay people out to be like creeps and stuff. Yeah, they're kind of doing that. Yeah, they are a little bit. Uh, it's not as bad as, like... I mean, the thing is, though, the show has some redeeming qualities. Oh, no. Uh, okay. Like, what, last season, we fired uh, Nobu Daga, uh, and we mentioned that it made a terrible uh, trans joke in the episode that we fired it on, and that was just, like, another uh, log on the fire. Uh, but this one, everything else in this show is really good. Right, Yeah. So if, if it steps that up a lot, I will probably be upset, but I don't think they're going to really carry that on much past yeah. where it is now. And, like, it doesn't feel like it's something that the show is hinging on. No. Like, to enjoy it, you have to enjoy this aspect of it. Yeah, well, because in Nobudaga, that was the whole joke of, like, um one of the segments. When this, it was just, mm-hmm. like, a joke that Minari made about, oh, you're going to be all alone with him, haha. Yeah. Uh, I certainly vote to retain. I also vote to retain. I'm going to vote to retain as well. Next up on our list is uh, Woodpecker Detective Agency. Uh, in episode two, Kyosuke and Ishikawa visit a brothel, and the prostitute hired for Kyosuke is found stabbed through the throat. 
Ishikawa and Kyosuke both accuse the other of the crime, and their friends step in, promising to find the real culprit. Um, who are any of those characters that... I think they... I don't think we've seen them before. We don't know. I think Kyosuke and Ishikawa both know them. Yeah. And I think that what this was is this was a Ishikawa testing Kyosuke. I think. To see if he can come with a plausible version where he did it. That's a pretty hardcore test, man. Well, because I don't think Ishikawa thinks Kyosuke did it. I think he was testing his capabilities as a detective to be like, hey. I mean, yeah. Ish- Ishikawa certainly seems like the type that would do do something like that to their friend. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm not sure if he did or not. Joke. Well, not that he murdered him, that he yeah, would accuse him of a murder he well, didn't commit to, like... Well, because also... he very much ignored the fact that Kyosuke said, oh, there was a guy who looked just like me. Well, because the um, the owner of the brothel said that the two of them were the only ones who checked in that night. Right, but he could have snuck in or something. And Ishikawa completely ignored it. I think trying to get Kyosuke to retaliate against him and come up with some plan of events where Ishikawa was... Like, he wanted him to use his m- mind to try and outsmart him or whatever. I think. Yeah. Uh was interesting how we heard just like the sound of what happened in Kyosuke's room mm-hmm. first and then we mm-hmm. saw both Ishikawa and Kyosuke's version of it uh, yeah. it reminded me of The Last Jedi which was inspired by a Japanese movie I think in that regard so it all circles back I suppose wait this... what, how does that remind you of The Last Jedi because it shows the same flashback three times oh. uh, depending on who's telling it do you remember that? Dude, no. Well, I watched The Last Jedi a lot. It's a good movie. Uh, anyway, I, I so I did enjoy that. I enjoyed this episode more than... And, you know, I was going to come in here and be all Debbie Downer on this show, but I actually liked this episode now, the yeah. more that I think back on it. It's not doing anything particularly incredible art-wise, but it's not... It's consistently good, at least. I really liked the setup for this because it reminds me of Ace Attorney. Like, where we're like one of the we're like pretty much the only thing a, you have that really feels concrete is the sounds that uh, I think Ishikawa heard from there. Yeah. And so to fi- really figure out what happens, you have to figure out what the sounds and what all, they all meant to the case. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that they kept being twists deep into it. Yeah. The problem I'm having is that I don't care about Ishikawa Kyosuke right now. Yeah. Like, character-wise, this didn't do much for me. I mean, I don't think Ishik- I don't think Kyosuke deserves to go to jail. I don't think he did it. No, but like from a character standpoint, why should we care? Well, I also don't think this is really a character-driven show. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying, like, they didn't I... show that much personality in this one, I think. So, uh, I... you know, just their different approaches to visiting a brothel, for example. Like, <laughs> I thought that showed a great contrast between the two of them. I thought it was entertaining. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I, I like what the show's doing, and I was originally this was originally going to be the one that I was going to go gung ho to fire, but I'm actually going to retain. 
now that I've talked about it, I actually like it a lot more than I initially thought I did. Yeah. I, yeah, I really enjoy this. I think a lot of times, like I think detective shows in general have like two aspects that they need to balance. They need to ask balance or I guess two aspects that they can either balance or just go way into one. They have, you can do one where it focuses more on the characters or you can do one where it focuses more on the mystery. And I think this is focusing more on the mystery. And I, I think that's to its benefit. And I'm going to retain. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't care to watch more of this. And I hope, because knowing how the votes go, I hope that this changes my mind, but I got to vote to fire right now. Uh, so that's one fire for Woodpecker. Last up on our list is <clears throat> uh, Hamifura, or My Next Life is a Villainess, or that's it. Those are the only two titles. Uh, <clears throat> in episode three, Katarina and Keith are invited to a tea party by the Prince Brothers, and Katarina res resolves to find a fellow fan of romance novels at the gathering. She does, in the form of Sophia, another noble girl and the brother of Nickel, who the other kids claim is cursed. Sophia and Katerina's friendship blossoms, but talking to Nichols is like talking to a brick wall until he manages to charm Katerina, much to Keith's chagrin. At the end of the episode, we jump ahead to Katerina's 15th birthday, for which all of our characters are assembled. In episode four, our character's term at the Magic Academy begins. Giordo uh, and Keith almost immediately fall for the game's heroine, Maria Campbell, much to the dismay of Katerina. However, a twist occurs as Katarina befriends Maria and Sirius Deke, disrupting the game's events. I, I know he's not that important, but I had to fit his name in there. Come on. Sirius Deke. I think he is important. Yeah. He's in the OP. He is in the OP. I, I think he might be... Secret fifth love interest. I kind actually... Or no, secret eighth love interest. Okay. No. Yes. Like... <laughs> But I think he is the, he's going to be more important than in the game. And that's subverting yeah. her expectation yeah. about him or whatever. Also, I think she ships Keith and Nicole together because at one point she said, oh, why are they looking at each other like that? Yeah. And then later on, she's like, oh, can you not tell me? Is it like a forbidden love? Is it a guy? So I think she mentally ships them. And yeah. that's hilarious. And I also don't think that Jordo and Keith fell for Maria. I think she just okay. Saw, that's fair. Oh, Their the routes are starting, back. right? Yeah. Because she, Jordo. Yeah. Well, she very much interrogates Keith. Like, do you love her? Do you want to be with her? Um, and he seems like, no. I just gave her her handkerchief. <laughs> when that's when he hits on her. Giving someone a handkerchief is like a sign of interest in Jack. Well, but she dropped Jen. it and he gave it back to her. That's it's her handkerchief, right? But it's yeah. it's kind of an inter indirect thing. Yeah, but I don't think he meant it as that. But she's mm -hmm. like, oh no, I've already lost him. <laughs> and it's also interesting that now that we're actually in the game's time frame, uh, Katarina keeps realizing that she's playing other people's parts in mm -hmm. game scenes. Yeah. Like when she ate one of Maria's muffins, uh, she's reciting Giordo's dialogue. Uh, and she realizes that one of the bullies that she ran off was her in the original version. 
Yeah. Well, and just like how when she was a kid, um, one of the things between Ellen and Mary, Ellen and Mary, yeah, she ended up taking Ellen's place, and that's why yeah. Mary likes her now. And yeah. Mary doesn't like Ellen that much. <laughs> I don't think she hates him, but you know. Yeah, just not. She's love. neutral on him. Yeah. She doesn't love him. <laughs> this show is going to end with all eight of them coming after uh, Katarina. Yeah. Honestly, yes. Yeah. I think so. Although I kind of. Which I don't mind at all. Like, I haven't played a lot of Otome games, so. I, but I feel like if there wasn't the secret, uh, secret Yuri route where you could date Katarina, I, I'm kind of surprised by that. Well, she did say that she never played Nicole's route. That's fair. So she hasn't played through the entire game, so there could be a secret fifth route. Yeah. Like the secret Kenji route in Kadawa Shoujo, which is the only dating sim I've ever played. What about Doki Doki Literature Club? I'm not sure if that counts. Audience weigh in. Audience says no. Yeah, audience. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that works. Yeah. We, we don't record this in front of a live audience. Wapper was recorded in front of a live studio audience. I would um, love to, actually. I will say, not I think ultimately, for all of Katarina's plans and how to disrupt everything, her ultimate like foil is just be nice. Yeah. You know, that's ultimately what she does to stop these events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I honestly don't think she has anything to worry about in terms of... Not really the bad endings anymore just because she's been nice to people yeah none of them would want to kill her exile her yeah, like she might possible not, she might not end up with them in the end but she'd be more like mary's route where it's like oh yeah you guys just be happy together yeah well i think she's gonna have to ultimately she's gonna have to let alice be with someone unless it's her but who I, I, it might end up that she has to, like, winds up having to, like, pair off all her friends. Right. With each I other. think that might be what she has to do or something like that. Like, she has to let Alice be happy and be okay with that. I don't mm, know if that's... Maria? Right. Who's Alice? I don't know. Okay. That's why I was confused. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Like, she has to let Maria be happy with someone... And it might be someone that she likes, but she's just going to have to be okay with that because that they like each other or something. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like she doesn't really have feelings for any of the any of the other characters romantically. Not yet. Yeah. But I think it's possible that it'll change. I'm, I'm a little surprised that, um, that the child half of the show is already done. Well, I think that was I'm... just the first light novel. And so most light novel adaptations adapt them three what three or four episodes per novel. I suspect but, that the game is probably going to be finished by episode six, and they're going to go beyond the game then. Okay, that'd be interesting. I don't know. I'm glad it's over, though, because while I did enjoy them being kids, I'm ready for stuff to start happening, you know, for her to have to start actively or inactively prevent these doom flags as she calls them or love flags or whatever plus i also don't really i don't really feel like there's much more they could have done with them as Mm -hmm. kids yeah you're probably right i'll say one thing that really bugged me is when they were dancing they would bounce at different times 
I'm like, that's <laughs> a terrible dancing. I mean, they never said they were good. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, this is probably my favorite OP of the season. Oh, yeah. I love how all over the place it is. <laughs> exactly. <terms> of, like, <laughs> <genre>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do like how it shows them as kids and adults, though, in the OP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really smooth about, like, showing, like, almost each shot has both in it. Uh, I'm going to vote to retain. I think I this, vote one, this retain. one is. This one is uh, very surprising. It's way better than I t- expected it to be. It's because it's it doesn't feel like an isekai. Yeah. It feels more like a romance. Well, it's an isekai where rather than being unfettered by the setting, she's fettered by the setting and she wins by being nice, which I love. Yeah. Which I mean, most I feel like most isekai protagonists win because they're nice. But they also have a bunch of other qualities. Right, well, I mean... Just make them better. Yeah, the thing is, she's not better than anyone else. She's terrible at magic. She's a farmer. Um, (laughs) As a noble, like... She's not better than anyone else, and that's what makes this good. She's not the chosen one. She's the unchosen one, almost. Yeah, and it's not like she... Because she's been isekai she gains a bunch of powers to become yeah. the unchosen one. Yeah, no, she's just... She's set up in the world to be the villainess, and she's like, yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. Which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Did we already vote? I don't think so. I voted. I said, I, I vote to retain. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, I'm retaining. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. So I believe that just puts a listener out of a job this week, right? Yeah. Darn. Oh, can't say I'm surprised. Well, yeah. Guess we're not going to listen to that one no more. Yeah. Looks like listeners uh, smelled too much like Teen Spirit. Did they quote Teen Spirit at one no, point in the I show? Think they just they just called it Teen Spirit. No, because um, at Nobody one point... Nobody knows the lyrics to Smells Like Teen Spirit. <laughs> at one point, Nier was saying something. I'm like, is that just the lyrics to Teen Spirit? I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Listeners, more like pissiners, am I right? That's a good one. That's the best we could do. That's what we went with. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, I've been John, your CEO of Weebs. I've been Chris, your CEO of CEO of Weebs. I've been Andrew, CEO of Manga-based wake- Manga-based workout. I always say manga. Don't do that. Here's the question. Was that on purpose? Because you said it that way at the beginning? No, it wasn't. <laughs> it 100% wasn't. That's the worst part. I pronounce everything wrong and I can't read. <laughs> that, that, that's, I pronounce everything wrong and I can't read. Andrew 2020. Ravioli, everybody. <laughs>